They used poetry, drama, music, and visual arts, not just as forms of expressions, but as powerful tools for activism and social change. The Black artist movement was revolutionary. It wasn't just about art. It was about making a statement. It was about Black people taking control of their narrative, defining their identity on their terms. Hey there, I'm Makita, a small town girl with dreams who started a podcast with an old headset and a laptop at my kitchen table and made my dreams come true. On my podcast, Time for Tea with Makita, we chat about living life unapologetically on your terms, from career advice, entrepreneurship, relationships, and everything in between. This is your one-stop shop for real conversations and inspiration. If you're looking for connection, then you found it here. Join me every Tuesday as we dive into those sometimes hard-to-have conversations. So grab your cup of tea or coffee and get comfy because this is Time for Tea with Makita and the tea is definitely hot. Ever feel like you need a superpower boost of motivation with exclusive tips and tools with your goals in mind? Well, say hello to your new inspiration hotspot, the Tuesday Tea Newsletter, your weekly infusion of big thinking energy that will propel you to chase your wildest dreams and never shy away from using the power of your voice. Sign up for the Tuesday Tea Newsletter today at beautifullyunbalanced.com and elevate your goals to the next level. Welcome back. It is definitely time for some tea. Thank you so much for just sharing your time and your space and your amazing energy with me. I am Makita. Today's episode is a special one. We are going to immerse ourselves in the vibrant world of Black culture. We are traveling from the Harlem Renaissance to the Black movement, to the Chicago Renaissance, to present day, celebrating the incredible contributions of Black artists, writers, and journalists. So go ahead and grab your cup of tea, get comfy, And let's embark on this amazing journey. So I just want to say that I really wanted to do something special, something that was a dedication and a celebration to the Black culture. And I am a huge fan of literature, but I'm also a huge fan of music. And I feel like when we are talking about the Harlem Renaissance, the Black art movement, the Chicago Renaissance, all the things that we celebrate, you know, that have brung us to present day, that sometimes we don't get to get into all the juicy details, right? We know a little bit about this and a little bit about that, but I just wanted to explore it a little bit more. Talk about the people that have paved the way, the people that have, because of them, I wouldn't be here today, that have broke down the doors, that have kicked them wide open to make space for each and every one of us to celebrate ourselves, to love ourselves, and to just be in a space where we can say wholeheartedly that we love who we see and we're not afraid to use our voice to speak up. So with that being said, we're going to start in the 1920s Harlem Harlem Renaissance. This is a truly golden age for Black art and literature. And if you know me, I am an avid reader I have been reading since my mom started taking me to the library as a little kid. This was like a sacred every Saturday thing that we did as a family where we would walk up to the library. There was a kid's corner. I could sit there and just go to anywhere in the world that I wanted. 
I knew immediately that books were this place that opened you up to knowledge, took you on adventures, and made you aware of some of the things that you didn't even know were happening in the world. Now, this, when we go back, and let's let's take it back. Let's go back to the Harlem Renaissance, okay? So this wasn't just a literary movement, my friends. It was a cultural awakening. I want you to picture this scene here with me, okay? We have Langston Hughes crafting his powerful poetry. We have Zora Neale Hurston bringing African-American life to vibrant narrative life. And then we have Duke Ellington, jazz rhymes setting the mood. I mean, can you just think what a time that must have been? Are you feeling those vibes? You know, can you picture the music? Can you see yourself in the flapper dress, you know, with a cigar in your hand at the craps table? Because what I'm seeing in my mind is the movie Harlem Nights with Red Fox, Eddie Murphy, and Richard Pryor. Like when I think of 1920s Harlem Renaissance, that's the first scene that I see. And then I could just imagine myself sitting on somebody's stoop in, in, in Harlem as we write poetry and music is playing in the background and we're just all celebrating the culture of being Black. Now, let's dive in a little bit deeper because that's just all my thoughts. You know, I, I would love to hear yours, but that's what I think about. But if we really get into the heart of the Harlem Renaissance, this period was a response to the Great Migration right? So this is when we have African-Americans moving from rural South to the urban North. And I can't imagine the cultural shock that must have been coming from the South to the North and to the crowded streets of New York, because most, this became like a incredible melting pot of Black creativity, right? So you're moving into Harlem, But when we think about some of the great poets and writers that came from this time, we have the well-known Langston Hughes. He has been a leading figure of the Harlem Renaissance, and he has been celebrated for his vivid and insightful portrayals of Black life in America through his poetry. His work has often explored the themes of race and social injustice, as well as the African-American experience. One of his most famous poems is Dreams, and it goes like this. Hold fast to dreams, for if dreams die, life is a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. Hold fast to dreams, for when dreams go, life is a barren field frozen with snow. Now, this poem emphasizes the importance of holding on to our dreams and aspirations. Hugh's ability to convey complex emotions and ideas with simplicity and grace made him an iconic figure in the American literature space. And then we have the amazing Zora Neale Hurston. She was an influential, an influential author and anthropologist, and she was known for her portrayal of racial struggles in the early 20th century American South. Her most famous work was Their Eyes Were Watching God. Now, this was a novel, but we also know it was a movie. It came on TV. I remember it like it was yesterday. But this explores the life of an African-American woman named Janie Crawford. She's navigating life and the love in the South. Hurston's unique narrative style and use of dialect brought the characters and their experiences to life. And they. this was a full-on 
Cultural Revolution. And you can't think about the Harlem Renaissance without thinking about music. And I mean jazz, because this became the heartbeat of this era. I want you to imagine Duke Ellington and Louis Armstrong, and they're doing more than just playing music. They were telling stories, setting the stage for future generations to come. I remember when we went to New Orleans for the first time. It was several years ago. But I remember being out in the streets and just hearing the jazz just flow through the streets. It was like a melody that hypnotized you. And you found yourself just swaying to the music, just relaxing and enjoying the vibe. Man, that was an experience. Now, there's also the world of theater and dance. And at one point in my life when I was a kid, I thought I would be a part of that world, but there were other plans for me. But the Harlem Renaissance was there for not just theater and dance, but it is where African-American Broadway shows were born. We're talking Cotton Club. That was the hot spot where these talents shone. This era was about so much more than entertainment. It was a bold statement of identity and pride. The Harlem Renaissance laid the foundation for future movements, including the civil rights movement. It was about claiming space, asserting identity. It wasn't just a moment in time. It was a launch pad for future activism and artistic expression. Now, if we fast forward today, we're still seeing and feeling the ripple effects. From art and literature, this period is timeless. It's a part of not just the African-American history, but it's a crucial chapter in the American story. Now, let's talk about some modern-day giants here. We got voices like Ava DuVernay on the big screen, bringing untold stories to light. And in the world of literature, we got powerhouses like Colson Whitehead, Taraji Jones, and Ibram X. Kende are keeping the tradition of powerful storytelling alive. Visual arts have also been a canvas for expressing the Black experience. Artists like Carl Walker, Kahende Wiley, and Gordon Parks use their art to tell stories, challenge norms, and celebrate Black identity. You have Carl Walker's striking silhouetted figures, and then you have Kahende Wiley's vibrant portraits. These artists invite us to see the world through a different lens. Now, let me take you to the heart of Chicago's South Side during the 1930s to the 1950s. Here, the Chicago Black Renaissance was blossoming. Unlike its Harlem counterpart, this movement was deeply rooted in the local community and embraced a wider range of artistic expressions. It was about not just creating art, but voicing the lived experiences of African-American communities. It was here that Gwendolyn Brooks penned her poetry. Richard Wright narrated the complexities of Black life in America, and Margaret Walker crafted narratives that echoed the sentiments of many. Imagine the vibrant scenes of Chicago. 
I mean, can you just picture Chicago 1950s, 60s, where they had jazz blended with visual arts and literature painted with struggles and joys of everyday life? This movement, my friends, was a cultural force that reshaped the perception of Black identity in America. Now, if we fast forward to the 1960s and 70s, this was a period marked by civil rights movement. Here emerges the Black arts movement, often seen as the artistic branch of the Black power movement. This was a time of demanding change and of a community coming together to create a distinctive Black aesthetic. We have key figures like Nikki Giovanna and Maya Angelou were at the forefront. They used poetry, drama, music, and visual arts, not just as forms of expressions, but as powerful tools for activism and social change. The Black artist movement was revolutionary. It wasn't just about art. It was about making a statement. It was about Black people taking control of their narrative, defining their identity on their terms. This movement gave birth to an era where Black voices were not only heard, but also celebrated. When I think about celebrating Black voices and feeling empowered for using your voice, I think about James Brown, I'm Black and I'm Proud. It was a song that was played on every stereo in every Black community. Well, not maybe not every, but most, especially the ones that I know. But it was a song that made you feel proud of who you were and you celebrated being Black and being proud of it. So not only did both Black, the Black Renaissance, the Black arts movement, and the Harlem Renaissance, they were more than just cultural phenomenons. They were catalysts for change. They changed the perceptions, they broke barriers, and they left a mark on the American culture. Now, as you reflect on these movements, I want you to remember the power of art as a vehicle for change. And remember that it's a mirror of society. These movements remind us of the resilience and creativity of the Black community. Now, you may want to experience the richness firsthand. I know I do. I love celebrating Black culture, and I love going to different cities and just immersing myself in it. We have cities like Atlanta, New York, Chicago, and New Orleans, and even Washington, D.C. They are treasure troves of Black culture and art. And let's not forget the crucial role of Black bookstores. Now, I love a good bookstore. Now, remember, they're just not stores. They're community hubs. They're places where stories and histories come alive. From Mahogany Books in D.C. to Marcus Books in Oakland to The Book Bar right here in Richmond, Virginia. These places are guardians of Black stories and Black history. Now, as for Black journalists, they've been here at the forefront of it all, telling our stories from Ida B. Wells, to Nicole Hannah-Jones and her groundbreaking 1619 Project. I cannot tell you how amazing listening to the 1619 Project has been. It truly had me, my husband, and my whole family glued, tuning in, listening, having conversations that we have never had before. And it was such an enlightening podcast to listen to. So if you haven't listened to the 1619 Project... It would be a recommendation from me. I even bought the book. So like I said, 
I loved it. I thought it was a great experience. And I just think everybody should listen to it. But that is definitely your choice. But if you're listening, if you are listening for a good podcast that is not just groundbreaking, but tells a story, this is it. Now, these are the voices that have shaped our understanding and continue to challenge us to think deeper. Now, when I think about some of the first books I've read as a, as a child growing up, I would have to say Roll of Thunder, Hear Me Cry by Mildred D. Taylor. That was one of my favorite books we read in school. It was a series of books. And I think I ended up reading like the whole thing. It was like my ninth grade year. And I was always volunteering to read. I was that girl. But the story was amazing. I loved it. And as a teenager, it was such an impactful book. And when I think about growing up in school, like my earlier years, Raisin in the Sun, it was a book. Well, actually, it was part of our, our readings, but they had it broken down into a play. So this was like super amazing. Like I just remember just wanting to be a part of the play. And then as I got older to see it brought to Broadway. And it was such like, you know how we talk about things, you know, coming tenfold and, and coming back and seeing it again. I feel like Raising the Sun was that for me. But when I think about how it started with the Harlem Renaissance and how this journey continues, the stories, the art, the music, they're all chapters in an ongoing saga of resilience, of creativity, and unapologetic pride. So as we keep exploring, we keep reading, and we keep supporting these amazing artists and writers, and we keep sharing the stories that will inspire our next generation. I just hope that I am continuing that by breaking down barriers and opening doors for the next generation to walk through. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did as we celebrated the culture, as we remembered that there are so many great things that have happened throughout our span and lifetime that maybe we didn't get to witness, but we definitely can see the fruit of all the amazing things that have came before us. So that is all the tea that I have to spill today. But if you love this episode, share it with someone else and go ahead, leave a review. Tell me what you think. Stop by my social media. Let's connect. All right, my friends. Don't forget to join me each and every Tuesday for more delicious hot tea. Until next time, namaste. Namaste.